What up, HyperChange? Welcome to another episode. Today we are talking about Tesla in China. I think this is um, a significantly underappreciated part of the bull thesis. You know, Tesla stock's going down. I know everyone's talking about that today in the market pullback, but I really wanted to focus on the fundamentals and what I've been looking at. Um, we just got the Tesla 10K, which is their annual filing, um, which showed the uh, actual revenue that Tesla's generated from China. So I'm going to start with that and then give you sort of my take on Tesla's China business, because I think this is an extremely sort of underappreciated facet of the bull thesis is the transformation of Tesla importing cars to China um, and then now actually going to, you know, not only just import uh, cars, but building the factory and now starting to export cars. There's been a major behind the scenes transformation. I think this is, if you want to talk about near term revenue, profit, growth for the company, I, this is what I'm focusing on right now. Um, so extremely excited. Audio is a bit low. Thank you for that feedback. We'll crank that up. Let's get rolling. Okay. So um, this is Tesla's 10K filing right here um, that you can see. Um, I have a bunch of stuff pulled up, but I want to start with this. China, this is um, page 105 of Tesla's annual report. China revenue came in at 6.6 .6 or 6.7 billion in 2020 here. As you can see, um, pretty epic, huge growth, more than 100% from 2.9 billion or 3 billion in 2019 and even bigger growth from uh, 1.8 billion in 2018. So quickly, Tesla's China business is booming and actually you know, catching up to its US business and growth. And I think not only is this growth revenue been impressive, but they've gone from exporting cars to actually building cars um, vertically integrated. So this is extremely, extremely exciting. Um, and what I thought is tying this all together, the biggest piece of news that I think has got just nobody's really talking about, but to me is, is the one thing that I care the most about, is that Tesla could sell their Model 2 to global market this year and could be ready by this year. So there was actually an interview um, by someone called Tom Zhu, who's the Tesla boss in China. Um, and he said that they want to sell um, an electric hatchback that will be available in China by the end of 2021. So check this out. Dubbed colloquially as the Model 2 and promised by Elon Musk as the company's battery day, at the company's battery day in 2020, the electric hatchback would sell for 25 grand. Um, and then he says, we're confident we can design and manufacture this car, da, 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 fast forward. Then this guy, the boss from Tesla in China says, in the future, we want to develop and produce a model with the original design in China, then sell it from a factory in China to the world. This is a very, very key part um, of all of this. And they say, I think it will be within this year. And so there's a ton of different um, news swirling, but we've been getting on top of this. I want to tie in a couple different rumors. So Tesla boss China says Model 2 could be unveiled this year for global export. We also just got a rumor that Tesla expanded with a potential 113-acre purchase right next to Tesla Shanghai's uh, factory um, to expand and build even more cars there. So I think behind the scenes, um, Tesla in their in their earnings report, we already we sort of got this like crazy statistic that they were uh, at a run rate of 450,000 cars a year. Um, you can see right here, this was up from 250,000 run rate, I believe, at the end of Q3. So Tesla China already had a capacity for half of a million cars at the end of Q4. Now keep in mind, this is a factory that was created in the beginning of 2019, and in just two years built a capacity of half a million vehicles from scratch. That's almost as much as Tesla's entire Fremont factory, which you know took them 10 years to ramp they did it in two years so i think you know if you've been to china you know how seriously they take instruction how fast they move the government is on tesla's side another thing i didn't know about tesla in china we know how much uh, sort of like red carpet treatment they've been getting from the government they're actually even exempt from a tax like income taxes instead of paying 25 percent with uh, normal like normal companies do there's certain companies that are exempt and pay only 15 percent tax tesla's one of those as well um so there's a ton of stuff going on here, um, but I think the most interesting part of this and tying into some other news is the export uh, part, because that's something we did not know that Tesla was going to plan to do for China. I mean, China is one of the fastest growing um, electric vehicle markets. Uh, you can see here, here are the numbers from January 2021. We had absolutely insane growth. 8.4% of all vehicles sold um, were plug-ins. Uh, China's already the world's largest electric uh, car market and growing like crazy. 173,000 passenger new energy vehicles uh, registered, 223% growth. Now, this was um, from sort of a depressed quarter because of corona last year, but you can see that the growth in China's EV market is, is insane and not stopping anytime soon. So that's why when you're thinking about, you know, Tesla could sell easily a lot more cars in China than they are in the U.S. Um, it could probably be big as just as the U.S. and Europe combined in terms of vehicle demand. Um, and it's interesting to see that Tesla's in here with a bunch of domestic companies. There's this much cheaper EV here that's selling a lot. Um, but even the Tesla 
uh, Model 3 here is the number two car. So the Chinese electric vehicle market is absolutely exploding. Um, and what I think is so interesting is, is Tesla's going to go be, uh, way beyond just the Model uh, Y and 3. Now, look at what news we got just this summer. Tesla's taking Cybertruck, whoops, sorry, that ad. Tesla's taking Cybertruck reservations in China. And then, just as I was tweeting today, um, one of you hyperchangers showed me this flyer for the Cybertruck in China. Um, so there's all these crazy rumors swirling. Um, but I guess tying this all together, so right now Tesla's at uh, about half a million cars a year in China with the Model 3 and the Model Y. So that is insane to me. And now I think we're just getting started where the next news about to drop is what is that new factory they acquired? Is that to build the Cybertruck in China? Is that to build the Model 2 in China? It sounds like this new cheaper, I'm calling Model 2, $25,000 Tesla has basically been accelerated to the top of the production roadmap. And, you know, when we think about Tesla, their growth, the most exciting product roadmap in, in history, you hear Elon Musk talk about it. They're talking about the semi, the Cybertruck, the Megapack, FSD. They're not really mentioning this $25,000 car in China. And so, but I think this is the biggest thing happening. Oh, DJ Medusa with the super chat. Thank you. Um, but so, you know, I think the best selling car for Tesla, and if you think about the RoboTaxi thesis and where this is all going, is that $25,000 car. Um, and I personally wasn't expecting this to get launched and unveiled and, and developed or rolled out until 2023, 2024. Um, but the fact that they're going to do it in this year, if this is true, and Elon Musk has been talking about how they want to do it with iron batteries as well. So it's cheaper. So this new vehicle that Tesla's producing, I mean, if you listen to Elon Musk on the Clubhouse call that he did a couple weeks ago, 20 million cars a year is the target for Tesla. That's how many cars they want to build eventually. Right now, it's just half a million. The way they get there is with this Model 2. So to me, this is like everything going on with the thesis. And they're doing an Apple-esque Foxconn strategy. This is pretty epic where, but they're vertically integrated. So they're going to have this factory in China that's going to, you know, Tesla or Apple builds all its iPhones in China, exports them everywhere. That's what it sounds like Tesla's going to do with this new cheaper car. That to me is the part that has left me scratching my head. Um, and they said they weren't going to be exporting a lot of cars. But just late last year, we started getting them shipping a bunch of cars from uh, China that were excess over to Europe, over to Australia, over to these neighboring regions. And so now, now that they've opened the floodgates of this export thing, um, I think this is the big news to drop that I'm waiting for to happen on uh, next Tesla, you know, quarterly earnings call, frankly, is it Q1 or Q2 or Q3, where they're going to announce we have started development of this Model 2. We're going to put that in that slide production, our shareholder letter. We are planning to export this globally. I mean, to me, this is the, the needle mover that sells millions and millions of units. Um, so I don't know. I think there's going to be potentially... Um, I don't know. I, I I just think this is an extremely exciting development. And then when you and I think it's a sneak preview at, at the future of what Tesla's trying to do. When you think about what they want to do in India, um, the way they're gonna set up a local facility there and develop a vehicle from scratch and then bring it to market and then maybe expand that vehicle outside of that geography is a very unique thing. And I think Tesla up until this point has been a very American focused, West centric sort of company, but now by really, you know, going from exporting cars into China, like some luxury brand versus being a Chinese company and having a Chinese subsidiary that comes up with new products and then exports them everywhere is a total 180. Um, and so my prediction for Tesla China right now is 6.6 .6 billion in revenue with just the Model 3. We add Model Y, it's another 6 billion in revenue. So all of a sudden, uh, you know, Tesla's, I'm, I'm trying to find their uh, SEC filings here, but I think this instantly comes, it's probably going to be way over 10 billion in revenue this year, um, quickly scaling to 20, 30, 40, 50 billion in revenue just in China on the back of that Model 2 and that Cybertruck. And when you think about China having 1.4 billion people, you know, triple or quadruple the size of the U.S., um, them wanting to be a leader in electric vehicles, the government being nice to Tesla. I mean, to me, this is where all of the sort of next level exciting growth happens um, from a production standpoint. Um, and I see Tesla China potentially overtaking, uh, you know, the U.S., um, in terms of production, like really, really quickly. Um, so I think this is going to be, um, and another thing I haven't seen talked about for Tesla China is uh, the Tesla semi-truck. I mean, that's something that in the original renders of Gigafactory Shanghai, they were discussing as well, and they showed. Um, and there was a recent video game drop where they had the Tesla semi in China. Um, and so when I think about what the Tesla Shanghai factory is, it's not just replicating, or it is kind of replicating their product lines in other geographies, but it's really just this new hub for for Tesla in general. Um, and I think the market isn't really appreciating it like that. And so um, there's lots of facets in this to consider. If you have any questions, um, please hit me below. Another thing that I think is really interesting here is that I've been thinking about is the one to 2%, um, you know, 
FSD sort of attachment rate in China, which is way lower than the rest of the world. And what I think um, is a huge opportunity for Tesla in China there, you know, if we're going to grow here, how much of that car is software revenue is a huge part of the profit model. So I'm really curious at what Tesla's strategy is going to be to increase FSD penetration in China. Because to me, that's it's that's a, you know, it's a laggard for Tesla now. But in the future, you think about this and you're like, wait, Tesla China, they're in with the government. Why can't they partner with the government to come up with some sort of system to build a special lane on highways for Tesla's autonomous cars, maybe Neos too? I think that's a really big low-hanging fruit um, that could possibly happen. But um, another thing that I'm really uh, curious about is how vertically integrated the battery production um, will be at the 4680. I feel like on one hand, we've been getting a lot of reports that the 4680 battery cell um, is being produced by like LG Chem is about to start building it. Panasonic's about to start building the 4680. And I'm like, wait, I'm pretty sure Tesla hasn't even figured out how to build this 4680 cell yet. You know, um, like the Model 2 pla Model uh, S Plaid Plus, which apparently is going to have this battery cell, still hasn't been brought to market, it looks like. So um, I'm really curious about whether this new $25,000 car in China is going to have this 4680 cell or not. And if they will build those 4680 cells themselves in China, or if they're going to license it to CATL, um, like there's just a lot kind of that we don't know yet. Um, but I don't know. I think when you have like a, a variant perception, like when I think about my variant perception that the market doesn't have that I have about Tesla, it's that this is not a replication of the Model 3 and Y line. This is its own startup and beast that's about to come up with way, way more than that. Um, so I think we're, um, I don't know, I you know, and, and when you think about what Tesla's done in China, it's really fascinating that they've cracked the code. Like I showed you that chart of all the top-selling electric cars in China. They're, none of them are from any other, you know, U.S. or uh, European OEMs. They're all either Tesla or China. So there was a really interesting move there um, to where Tesla set up the first wholly-owned factory in China. And they're really the, it's kind of like a weird monopoly they have where the government has helped them build this. They've given them the subsidies. They give them the special tax treatment. They want their technology um, and I just think that's so underappreciated. Like when you think about a company like Alibaba, who in China dominates and almost has like a pseudo government protection to some level, that to me is almost a monopoly um, sort of approved by the government. And so I don't know. And, and, and it's interesting to see the dynamic of this is going to unfold because we have Neo, we have Xpeng, we have 100 uh, startups for, for the EV market in China. But still Tesla, you know, my take is that the demand is, is almost like unlimited. You know, because we have to sell, there's 90 million cars sold a year going from, you know, half million to a million to two million to four million to eight million to 10 million, um, all produced in China is about to happen. And it's going to be Tesla and Neo and Xpeng. I think they're all going to win. I think the legacies are going to lose. Um, but how I really see this evolving, and I guess kind of why I want to make this live stream, I'll, I'll open it up for questions, is I think we're on the cusp of a huge official announcement from Tesla about the mass market $25,000 car, which is everything that has been leading up to Tesla. Tesla's entire business model is commercializing this battery technology, this EV technology to get it down to this form factor. And now we're like, let, and it was going to be 24 months away, it's going to be 36 months away. Now it's 12 months away, maybe less from unveiling this. And they said they might even want to start deliveries next year. And people are kind of forgetting getting um about all of this potential or just are just not appreciating that you know Cybertruck's dope tesla semi's dope but this model 2 could literally outsell you know just like the model y sold outsold all of tesla's cars combined in terms of units and maybe revenue i think the model 2 will do that again and so when you think about the tam of tesla with the model y globally what is that three four million cars as a company okay that's great that's not going to change the world when you think about the tam with the model 2 that's going to be 20 25 million 30 million cars a year they can hit once they achieve uh you know hitting that cost and really get a twenty-five thousand car car to market so to me when i'm holding on to tesla everything and especially if i'm holding on at 600 billion or 700 billion everything rests on a autonomy but b you know how fast do we get that model 2 to market because i would argue we're already pricing in um some sort of revenue from the model 2 it feels like um or, or a partial launch of it um despite the fact that nobody's really talking about it but and so i don't know i just think this is huge and i think this is one of those leaks that like you know that the tesla head of china is saying it um and i don't know the the you know, Tesla wants to be the best company in the world at manufacturing, right? And so um, it's interesting to see that they want to hone in and sort of like 
you know, tie in all their resources to producing this Model 2 in China and then export it globally. Like, that's really interesting because that goes against all of what Elon's saying about we want to build cars locally because that means the chain from you ordering it um, to us paying for the parts is different. Like, that cash flow cadence, like, we're going to get paid for the car before we have to pay for the parts if we're building it in the U.S. If we have to, you pay for the car and then we build it and ship it to China, then get paid, you know, we're, we're losing money. So there was a huge benefit to that localization of production that Elon Musk and Tesla talked about but now it's like, wait, if we're going to build this Model 2 for global export, that totally goes against it. And it's like a cheaper car, which to me makes even more sense to be built locally. Or is this $25,000 car, um, you know, will they export the car globally or will they export the production line globally? That is more what I think could happen is where they're like, um, you know what? We're not just building the Cybertruck at Austin and the Tesla Semi. We're also going to build the Model 2 and China just designed the production line and we'll import that there. Berlin, we'll build the Model Y. What's the next production line we're going to build in, in after the Model Y in Berlin? It's going to be the Model 2. So I think I'm kind of up in the air about whether they'll export the physical cars or the production line um, for the vehicle. I'm up in the air about whether it'll have the 4680s, but I'm less and less up in the air that this is a 2023 thing. I'm, I'm it, more and more certain this is a 2021 thing. And so um, and when you think about the world kind of shaping and changing, you know, we only have one or 2% penetration of electric vehicles globally, it feels like, and that is because we haven't hit the price point of that mass market car. So when you think about the global adoption, you know, the mission of Tesla, what we're all kind of in this for to transition the world to electric vehicles, nothing else matters besides Tesla bringing this car to market and the Tesla stretch, everybody who was buying a 15k car is going to stretch to buy that 25k Tesla, like this will be the kind of you know, the Model 3 was supposed to be the mass market needle moving car, but it's it's starting at 40 grand. It's really 50 grand. It's a little, it's just a little too premium. And so, um, you know, even though this is a 30% price decrease from 35 to 25, we're going to be looking at a potential, you know, 20, you know, 10 10x increase in demand is my guess in from like 2 million units a year to 20 million units a year. And so pretty much nothing else matters if, if uh, you know, how many Model 2s can they build and are they driving themselves? I think those are the two backbone of the thesis. And um, yeah, anyway, that that's it. I'll also, I'll, I'll throw in a little review of um, FSD. Uh, I'm, I, I have to be, um, well, I recently got the FSD beta um, of Tesla's um, uh, like the Tesla FSD beta thing. And I've been, I've been playing around with it. It's really fascinating. Um, and I sort of came to this really interesting conclusion that Tesla's, uh, and I'm sort of getting off track of the Tesla China thing, but if we're going to talk about, you know, vehicles produced, the other elephant in the room, autonomy, um, what's good with autonomy? Well, I think Tesla has a major secret weapon here. And that is all of the FSD beta testers. Like the way Tesla's rolled this out to 500 people is, you know, they're like, okay, you're on our side. Like, you know, Tesla, so many people want Tesla to fail. You're allowed to share pictures and videos of your ride and talk about your ride, but not really do media interviews. But you can share it on social media, but only share if it looks good. Um, so there's this kind of like closed beta for close friends of Tesla um, and its early supporters, which I think is really genius and strategic because right now that, you know, when you're driving on AI, like it's almost like I'm going out and I'm going to train the AI. Like it's something I have to you know, do and help. And so I think this sort of like micro army of like super fans and super users of autopilot and FSD who are driving around their cities, training it um, with goodwill, with, you know, pressing the button to report to Tesla, with trying to do the right thing and make sure our car is going the right way, um, you know, with communicating with Tesla openly, um, you know, almost being more than customers, I would say. I would say the FSD beta users are almost partners. And so this is a secret sauce when you're trying to, and that no other, you know, electric vehicle companies got to, when you're really trying to get to autonomy and actually like really go the full way, there's this huge chasm to cross where you put the software out there and then you got to perfect it, the March of nines. And I think the key secret sauce in that March of nines is this dedicated zealot base of fans who are on your side helping you. And that's Waymo doesn't have that, you know, uh, Amazon doesn't have that, Apple doesn't have that. So I think Tesla... Uh, I don't know. I just think in a in a really unique position there. Super chat from Emerito. Uh, so two thousand per share in twenty thirty from Ron Barron is too low. You know, I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about the valuation. It's um, it's tricky. I mean, these are wild times. I think I I personally been saying I think every stock looks overvalued right now. Um, but you know, how much wealth is moving into fiat 
or out of fiat into technology equities, into crypto assets, into real estate, into different stuff. I think that's the awakening is this is this massive transfer of wealth out of cash into technology equities and other cool assets. And so I think Tesla will benefit from that. And we're sort of, you know, uh, you, they say you get in trouble by saying this time is different, but I actually believe this time is different in that I don't think we're going to go back. This could be a permanent sort of inflation or maybe, you know, innovation premium that's priced in and now we've priced it in and then it will never go away. And so I think there's a big chance that Tesla always stays at a massive premium. But the question is, what what level of cash flow are you willing to pay? You know, $3 billion in operating cash last quarter was solid. I'm not going to lie. I don't think they can keep that up. But and that's not including CapEx, but we'll give them that. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt here. Um, $3 billion times four, $12 billion. So Tesla's at a $12 billion cash flow run rate, but you're buying it at $600 billion. That's, you know, I don't know. That just feels like a 2% free cash flow yield maybe. So, or operating cash flow yield. That's really, really expensive. Um, you know, if you bought a business uh, for a million dollars that was generating $20,000 a year, you know, it would take you a while to pay back that, you know, 50 years or whatever to pay back your uh, your original cost. So, but then Tesla's cash flow number is growing. So, um, and they're also not optimizing their business for cash flow. Like they're growing like crazy. So, when I think about how to value Tesla, um, I think my fiat is losing money, right? They're printing more dollars every year. So, I'm losing, you know, 10, 15, 5%, whatever you want to call it, through inflation, through dilution. If I own Tesla stock, we're growing because we're adding 1% or 2% of that cash flow, but we're also getting bigger and intrinsically our power to generate cash flows growing, sort of maybe obfuscated by the business. So Tesla's growing in value, even if it's only 1% or 2% versus 5% fiat shrinkage. So when I think about my personal portfolio and my confidence in Tesla is so high, so, you know, yeah, it's going to be hard for them to 10x to go from 500 to 600 bill to 6 trill. That's a big move. It's going to take a long time. Um, I do think it'll happen, but... That is a steady, you know, compounded CAGR of solid investment returns versus this dilution of fiat. And so I think the math starts to break when we have 0% interest rates or negative yield. If I can't get a yield anywhere, a 0.1% yield looks great, which is 1,000 PE, which is 1,000 times cash flows. And so the, the entire math that backstops the financial system breaks when we have this zero interest rate free money environment, essentially monopoly money being printed. And so... um. That's why I've, and I'm like, I'm kind of crazy, right? Like I always hold all my wealth in technology equities because I think those will stand the test of time, whether we're paying in Bitcoin or ETH or US dollars, um, the value of the dopest battery and the dopest self-driving system and the network of six Terra factories pumping out 20 million cars a year, that is an incredible asset to own, whether it's in Bitcoin, whether it's in dollars, whether it's this. When I think about Shopify, a service that lets you set up a website instantly and sell anything online to everybody who has an internet connection, that's a really powerful you know, mechanism for value in the simulation. And so no matter what currency we operate in, that will have value. So that's why I'm not selling any of my Tesla stock because um, there's f maybe the upside's not huge, but I think that it, it it's a protectionary move of I don't want fiat. And then um, honestly, the confidence level, like this is just maybe for me personally, but you know, I've spent 10, 12 years like spending my life researching Tesla pretty much like my confidence in that $5 trillion. Actually, I officially raised my price target to 10 trillion like a, a while ago, um, you know, and so I saw your comment about the art. I got some dope art coming. Don't worry. I'm sorry I'm leaving you hanging. I love art. So um, I want to make this background doper. I'm actually downstairs. We're building a new studio and it's like in construction. Um, but that's that's going to be awesome. So um, you know, I've tried, been trying to think about Tesla. Is Tesla this perpetuity like innovation machine or are they just going to solve this problem and be done and be a mature asset? And either way, I think this this problem they're solving to be a mature asset, like I don't, you know, like this 20 million car a year problem. I think the Model 2 is a 500 to a billion, a trillion dollar product, right? And so if they can, and I think they're going to execute that in the next year or two. So when I throw out all the financials and I throw out, you know, my my two like Warren Buffett reading the financials and I put on my Marky Andreessen visionary hat, I say, Nothing else matters other than the Model 2, if they can build it, and if they can make $20 million a year, this is a trillion-dollar company, that's it. That's all I'm focused on. Is that going to be in five years? That can mean, you know? And um, and then simultaneously, you can do that with the energy business, with the mega pack and the solar roof, and then you can simultaneously do that with autonomy. 
So I think there's like three kind of big problems that Tesla solves there. Um, and each of them is like a trillion dollar problem. And I think they're going to solve all three once they solve them. Who knows how much upside there's left. But I think we're in this like, like, uh, I guess I'm doing a horrible job at explaining this, but it's like, instead of going, uh, we've gone zero to one to use the Peter Thiel analogy. Now we're just going one to N. And I think, you know, we've gone the zero to 500 bill was the, was the proof. Did it work? Are we profitable? Can we do it? Okay, great. Now 500 bill to 10 trills and an inevitability, but we just got to go step by step and sort of tackle each of these verticals. We're going to do boats. We're going to do planes. We're going to do this type of battery. We're going to do that type of grid disruption now because our mega pack price is cheaper. Um, now we're going to do Uber. So um, it's just kind of this long tail. Um, yeah. Anyway, this is my rant. Got a little sidetracked from Tesla China, um, but I'd love to know if there's any questions or comments below. Um, and honestly, a question that I would have for Elon Musk, maybe like if I was going to ask him, would be like, okay, so what's the kind of difference in strategy when you're expanding production from Austin versus Shanghai? You know, is the Shanghai design team running that versus Austin's taking directions from you, you know, your schemes or, um, you know, are you going to build the model two simultaneously in Austin or see if it works? Like, I don't know. It's interesting. Um, and the Tesla van, that's another one I'm, I'm hot at. Like the Tesla uh, sort of hippie van that lets you like live in it. I think that'd be epic. Okay. Any more questions before I wrap this up? I'm sort of losing my voice. No questions? I know we got some questions here. Um, I'm really curious to see what this car looks like because if it was designed in China, I wonder, and I, and I think Elon has said this before, like they don't want to just keep making cars that look the same, like the Model 3, Y, S, and X look the same. So I think there'll be a really interesting, new, innovative styling approach um, for the Model 2, or hopefully that's kind of like what the Tesla nerd fanboy in me wants. Um, I also saw like in Berlin, they're working on the new paint colors with the new paint factory. Um, so that's super dope. Um, I think there's a lot of, uh, this kind of diversification of Tesla's geographic expansion. Like it's kind of like McDonald's when you go to McDonald's in like a different country and they have like new stuff on the menu and you're like, Ooh, like it feels like Tesla's doing that in different regions. So what they do in India, when they're going to set up in India, I made the cyber rickshaw moonshot. I think that is very possible. Like I think they're going to do just what they did in China and India. They're going to set up a factory there, start selling cars and then hire a design center to build a locally, you know, a product that that is sort of native to that market and then maybe expand it to other uh, geographies. So this is a really new, interesting uh, product design. Okay, th now, now I'm getting on the, on the crux of this episode, right? Because that, that that's sort of why I think this is so fascinating because we've gone from Elon, this top-down master plan blog post vision, right? That's 10 years in the making to outsourcing and hiring of a designer in a geography, you know, China, where we haven't really operated or we don't, we didn't have a, you know, HQ before and sort of letting them autonomously based on what they're seeing in the market, develop a product. And then we're going to bring it to market and then we're going to export it. That's a totally new rationale of product development psychology for Tesla. So, um, that's, uh, that's, I think my big takeaway of all this, and that's a big change structurally. And then the exporting of cars from China is also a huge change. Okay. Let's get into the questions. Uh, Peter, thanks for super chat. RoboTaxi network and timeline. Model two comes before the RoboTaxi network. I think that's like a guarantee in my book. That's my guess. Um, I think we do not get, I think a level five autonomous car comes in the earliest in 2023. That's where I'm currently guessing. Um, I really think they should be making highways in China just for autonomous cars and Tesla. And that could be the soonest way to get that technology to market and be like a really cool on-ramp. Like that's the biggest problem that my, you know, when I do the FSD, when you do autopilot, the number one thing your Tesla has is that it can stay in the lane, right? And so I think, you know, uh, no, I'm trying, where am I going with this? When there's like a, Okay, it's like a four-way stop. Someone comes, the car messes up. Someone's walking, the car messes up. It's all this like um, urban environment, roads not marked, sort of like ambiguous, ambiguous situations that cause the car to struggle. And I think we can greatly reduce the stress of these ambiguous situations by designing our cities better. And that to me is a huge sort of uh, 
money on the table or, or th thing left on the table that Elon and his team, like Elon's so stubborn at like, bro, FSD is going to be so good. It can drive anywhere without zero markings and just do it perfectly. Like, yep. And I love that ambition, but I also love the other side of the equation of, can we get the governments to just make good lane markings so that the car is way safer as well? Like, let's help out the car. Like it helps me when there's good lane markings. Like let's, let's kind of do that as well. So, um, I think there's a huge opportunity for Tesla to partner with governments to, to help FSD launch. And that to me is really the next phase. And they were talking about that at the last conference call. That's the next phase of, of FSD is which governments are they talking to? Um, how are those talks going? Um, what does this look like? Because I think there's, yeah. Okay. Um, Se Sejal, I recognize you from Twitter. Awesome question. Where where are they on the 4680 manufacturing? Are they on track? I'm going to say no, no chance. No chance. And I hope they prove me wrong. But um, the plan, okay, so, so they didn't, so, they, bro, okay. On the conference call, they didn't say if the 4680s were in the Plaid Model S. They released the Plaid Model S without the 4680, or they said the 18650s are in it. Plaid Plus is going to have the 4680s. So now we're like, where are the 4680s, bro? Because at Battery Day, we're talking about the 4680. They show the Plaid Model S thing, but then the Plaid Model S comes out and it doesn't have the 4680s. So I don't, honestly, can they bring the, the Model 2 to market without the 4680s? I think the 4680 timeline of 100 gigawatt hours in 2022 or by the end of 2022 is absurd. Unless they're going to bring on LG, Panasonic, and all those people and have them build it, and that's part of that. Um, I think there's a huge, you know, how many batteries they could... And this is another part of the Tesla fees where people are getting so excited, pricing in so much success, um, yet not focusing on the fundamentals of like, how fast is the 4680 commercializing? Nobody grilled Elon Musk about that on the conference call, despite the fact of that being one of the biggest sort of, uh, you know, potential weak points or hiccups in Tesla's growth plan. So I think we need to be grilling. Te I think this is, I'm focused on nothing else than how many 468, like, can we get a, a car with the 4680s? So that's why this Model 2 is so interesting, because even if it, if it has the 4680s, that's crazy. They set it up for this Model 2. If it doesn't, that's even more fascinating because they decided they could build a Model 2 $25,000 car without even needing the 4680 cell. Even more fascinating. So I think there's, um, this is, but I also get it. Like they don't want, they, you know, what do they want? Hyperchange making 18 videos about how your Tesla has all the old batteries and they're about to drop the Tesla with the new 4680 cell. Like they don't want that, you know, it's the Osborne effect. Like I get it. I think people are going to, as a customer, you don't care if it's the 4680 or the 18650. You just care how much range you get. You're not even going to know what batteries in your car. Nobody knows. But so I think Tesla has been, they overshared, you know, they, and they gave us all the tech. They showed us everything. And now I think they're worried that people are like a little too hyped and everyone's just waiting to get that 4680 car um, kind of irrationally. And that's why they're being downplaying um, the timing of when that 4680 cell will be introduced, which is unfortunate because they're also downplaying that progress, that strategic progress, which I want to know about, which I feel like as an investor is a critical pillar to my thesis. How many 4680? Okay, we just had the battery day. Dope, Elon. It's going to be a year, you know, it's six months since battery day. What's good? Are we on track? How many are we building? Why has a car not come out with these yet? Um, I don't know. I kind of have a lot of um, Cybertruck. Is that going to need the 4680s? So um, there's been a little bit of cloud. So so this was, at, so we have, we go in, it's like a sine wave. We go in cadences of disclosure for Tesla. And th that's why I love making this episode right now. Because I think we're in a cadence of everyone thinks they know what Tesla's scheming on, but Tesla hasn't really told us what they're scheming on. They haven't told us the true plans for the 4680, where they're building it, how many, which cars are going first. They're not really, really telling us or giving us detail. They're leaking the Model 2, but they're not really telling us what's up with the Model 2 or if they're going to build it or if it's a real thing, but their Tesla China guy's talking about it. Like, There's so many waves to me where it feels like, uh, you know, Berlin is Berlin about to start delivering cars? Is Are they going to have the 4680 sell? Didn't they say the 4680 from Fremont was going to help Berlin get off the ground? Is that actually happening? So I feel like there's a cadence where we're in a low cadence of news and there's going to be a boom and all this new material news is going to come out. So that's why I'm kind of trying to make this episode because um, I think the biggest one of that is the Model 2 in China coming out soon. But um, yeah, great question there about the 4680 sell. That is, you know, everyone's focusing on the stock price, stock this. Focus on the 4680. That's 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 uh, gonna move the needle there. Uh, Mason, anyone interested in more efficient city models 
um, needs to search the Jacques Fresco Venus product. Okay, more efficient city models. Do I think the Berlin Model Y will be delayed due to the 4680? Maybe, but I think there's a chance that the Berlin Model Y, they just throw the 18650 or 2170 cells in and don't do it with the 4680. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm very, like... Autopilot... Looking for any more questions. If you have any more questions, probably going to end the stream soon since my voice is going. Um, this has been awesome. I love scheming with y'all about Tesla. Oh, Anoush, talk about Tesla smart cities. Okay, we're ending this with a dope rant. All right, <clears throat> Tesla smart cities. Wow. I don't, how have I not pitched this as the $50 trillion bull thesis, which is that Tesla literally builds cities. I think that, like I was watching this Vice video about how the Texas grid shut down and like how the whole country's on this other grid. And I'm like, dude, the energy grid system is like so like, just like legacy and archaic. Like this is whack. Like the way we build cities, design cities, um, our energy flows through cities, the way we get around our cities. All this is kind of whack and hasn't been designed well. If you could, you know, all, you see all these videos, Toyota's going to build a super new city in the middle of the Dubai desert. They're building this new off the grid net sustainable city. Like it's kind of been rumored the technology is getting ready for that. I would love to see Tesla announce its own city. We're going to build every housing with the new HVAC. It's going to have solar roof. It's going to have uh, Tesla robo taxis with the perfectly marked roads driving you around. Um, we're going to have way less, no parking. We're going to have way less driving, um, a lot of walking, like uh, amazing greenery. Um, like I think there's a huge opportunity for a net zero 100% clean energy city built by Tesla and I actually hope they get into that business because um I don't know I think that's that to me that I'm you're kind of giving me a new idea here which I didn't think about but and so what is Tesla and Elon gonna have to do on Mars build the city right so and they're kind of going to, it's interesting to see what they're going to set up in Austin and Berlin because these are already like hubs of like Tesla cities and manufacturing in some way. Um, but anyway, I, I love the Tesla building a smart city idea. I think that's really cool. Thanks for the super chat. Glad you're liking the, it. do you think the Model 2 will have a decent range? Um, yes, they're not going to sell a car with under 250 miles of range. I love how Elon took off the Model Y and was like, bro, the range is too low on this, on this standard Model Y. Like, it just doesn't meet our standard of excellence. And so I love that. I think that's the kind of quality control that you need. Um, and I think that's why GM, Volkswagen, um, Audi, or whatever, you know, all these other uh, companies haven't been successful in launching a, a electric car because they refuse to acknowledge that 300 miles is the minimum you need, like a true 300 miles. So I think they're going to do that. Um, I think that totally makes sense to me. Ooh, I had a phone call with Tesla Netherlands and they said 4680 cells will be in Model Y Berlin. So I know on the record, I believe Elon's last statement is that the Model Y Berlin will be the first to get the 4680s. So that's pro that could still be on track. Maybe they're just not talking about it because they think all of us in the US are going to be beefing when I'm like, bro, I got the 2170s in my Model Y. Disaster. But um, so I think they're going to chill on the FOMO. Is Starbase, Texas going to be the smart city? I like that idea. Love that idea. Vehicle to grid and Tesla. Um, yeah, you know, this idea of the whole Texas blackout thing and vehicle to grid, like this idea that Tesla could operate with AutoBidder, this network of generating our own energy, like it almost makes me feel powerless. Like I was thinking, I was like, I'm in Seattle, like it's freezing. If the energy goes out, like I'm going to be so cold. Um, and so how weak do I feel? How vulnerable do I feel by not controlling my energy sovereignty? Um, and I, I, I don't know. I think that's a trend that's going to become a lot more prevalent um, in the world is people are just going to want sovereignty over their energy. The grid is liable to be hacked. It can shut down. It can be overwhelmed. It's all run by a lot of, you know, dirty fossil fuels. Um, I think there's a huge, huge opportunity to really have a... Um, yeah, to a decentralized energy system. And Tesla's actually just scheming on a new solar roof uh, design. I don't know if y'all have been hearing those rumors. Those are really interesting. Like, and I, okay, okay, I had an idea. If anyone passes this watching, let's not recreate lame roofs that exist. Oh, we're going to recreate slate. We're going to do Tuscan tile because that's what people like. Let's come up with some new baller types of roofs that never existed. 
That's what I think is going to be next for the Tesla roof. It's going to look dope. Like, imagine you walked in the street and it's alive with energy. It looks so cool. Like, let's get some glow features. Let's have it, like, sparkle and shine while it's charging. And, like, like I don't know, a little purple flare. Like, maybe a little hyper-change pink in there. Like, like I don't know. I think there's a huge opportunity for beauty and innovation in roof design as well. If we're going to do... So, I don't know. I'm getting a little off track here, but... Um, I think that's something really cool. And I just, I'm still hot on the Tesla solar roof as being one of the most underappreciated pro model two in China, Tesla solar roof. Um, you know, everyone knows about FSD, but I think those are like such, such big uh, things. And then this way that we could transfer energy with software in between this sort of connected microgrid network. Um, like there's this, this uh, sort of like uh, thing in Australia that's happening where they tested like 50,000 homes on this microgrid that that's so cool to me that's totally the future and so um i don't know i'm pretty pumped it feels like tesla is like single-handedly just solving the the climate crisis just elon musk just like putting the team on his back literally all of humanity and just like one step at a time like yup luxury sedan cheaper car solar panels semi trucks like pickup trucks like literally just one step at a time putting the team on his back to to execute and commercialize this technology so um, I think it's a 10 trill energy flywheel, the smart city. Are we ending it there? I'm, I'm starting to repeat myself. So I feel like we're getting, we're getting close to the end here. Um, Ooh, do you think the current model Y 326 miles will become the standard and Tesla have the long range Y with the 4680? Yes. Love that. I love that idea. Um, my, my, me and my buddy Julian, we both got model Y's 2020 September. Um, we both been scheming like, this is the best car in the world, but if we just had 400 miles of range, man, like we would all pay five grand more or 10 grand more to get that little extra 100 miles of range. Um, so, but maybe, I don't know, there's a really interesting feedback or uh, like sort of balance there because Elon's like, okay, we can give you 600. Everybody's, if you ask them, they're like, bro, we want 600, we want 60,000 miles of range, you know? But then it's like, well, how big is the battery pack we got to lug around? Do you really want to lug around a huge battery pack? How inefficient is that if 90%, 98% of the time you're only using 30% of that pack? It's a huge waste of raw materials, huge waste of resources, huge waste of engineering aerodynamics to carry all that weight around the whole time. So we're finding this balance of just enough raw materials where it's a lot and we can give you a lot of range, 300 miles, but not too much because we don't want to overextend with the you know current constraints of raw materials. Um, pair character bowing down saying, thank you. Thank you. Not sure I understood that super chat, but, um, and then, I mean, the opportunity for Tesla, if it's, it, it's been interesting to see them license out this 4680 cell. This is, this is a head scratcher to me. <laughs> if, um, so it's like, okay, the 4680 cell is so hard to build. Our expertise is in manufacturing. We're crushing it. It's impossible to build. Go to Kata Road. I got the tour. I walked the line. It's like, everything's going out. Machine gun, automation. They had to buy like six companies, Groman Engineering this, Groman that, to just build these battery cells. And now you're going to tell me that LG and Panasonic can just spin up lines of the 4680, no problem. I don't I don't know if I buy that. And so I'm like, I doesn't, I'm not even sure Tesla can spin up their own 4680 line. So I'm not sure. This whole licensing that out is really interesting because if I'm scheming on like, Tesla, vertical integration, like when do we outsource things? What does this battery business become super exciting? It's, well, if we run out of products to put our batteries in, what if we can start selling batteries to other people? And I think Elon's like super far away that this is actually going to happen. But, and I guess if you have the structural battery pack, you're going to want to build the car too. But um, that's what I think is I, every single electric vehicle. So, I mean, you know, with a lot of electric vehicle startups, um, they all are desperate for Tesla cells. They are like literally like, what do you what are you gonna do, Galley, to get me a meeting so we can talk about how we can buy Tesla's cells from Tesla? Like we're ready to buy them. And I'm like, dude, they're buying all the cells. Like, like this isn't a conversation they're ready for. Um, but I know the demand is just insane. This the I wanna get I have the 4680 cell over there. I could run and get it. But it's like it's that product I think is is so coveted and is the is is almost the the critical missing link for all of these other startups that you see, the Cambrian explosion, if you will, of micro EVs and electric vehicle companies and form factors and startups are all relying on Tesla's battery skunk works to commercialize this tablet cell, or they're just really not going to be able to achieve any of their goals. And so um, the fact that they're licensing out that cell is really interesting. Another thing I haven't seen people talk about is the cell to structure thing. So will the Model 2 have that cell to structure? So this idea that the cell isn't just in there and dead weight, but this is like 
good mass. It's like helping the car. It's like part of the structure, sell to structure. It's like a new buzzword that Elon invented that I think got not enough love at battery day because it's also about not the way you design the battery, but the way you design the battery in the car to maximize from a first principles approach what you're doing there and get like a two for one out of your raw materials of, yeah, they're charging the car. They're also stabilizing the structure of the car. Crazy two for one. Um, there, it's almost as good of a two for one as like the, oh, we pay Tesla to give them data by buying the car. It's like a two for one instead of having those batteries be dead weight that we have to accommodate. Now those batteries are actually structural and a benefit. So when you think about, okay, I'm buying a Rivian truck versus Cybertruck, they're not going to have sell the structure. They're going to have to engineer their car to carry around all this dead mass. Like when I think about the ID3, when I think about every single car competing with the Model 2, it's like, it's like, uh, you know what I mean? It's like you're you're playing with like a it's like the the playing field's not fair. Even if we have the like, so, um, I've been kind of waiting for, uh, and, and I think the manufacturing is gonna have to change a lot of the vehicle to accommodate for that Celta structure thing. But is there another company that's gonna be able to bring a Celta structure format to market? Because I think that's gonna be what's needed to really be spec and price competitive and performance competitive, um, with a Tesla. So that's another layer of the competitive advantage. I'm kind of waiting to see, um. Yeah. I don't know. To be honest, I've been uh, sort of unimpressed with Lucid, you know, Fisker, whatever, Rivian. Um, I've, I, I've, I've really been rooting for them. And I know I, t I take, I listen to y'all. I, I take a lot of your feedback of like, yo, Galley, like we're all rooting for the electric revolution. Like go easy on Lucid. I respect that. Honestly, I gotta, I, I support every company that's trying to do electric cars. Um, but and, and so that's like one part of, side of my brain. But the other side of my brain, it's like analytically looking at companies, like being like a cutthroat savage investor who like doesn't take any BS and like looks at it how it is. I'm like, man, this lucid thing's kind of whack, dude. The CEO just doesn't have what it takes. They're burning way too much money. Like the, the give a shit factor is not there. He's, he doesn't own half the company. Saudi Arabia does. Like, you know, it's just been constant promises and delays. Um, you know, they're trying to compete head on. Like it just, it just, it just doesn't click with me. It doesn't give me that like excitement of of unbelievable potential. Um, and um, so I don't know, I'm kind of, I've been struggling with this because I think this is going to be a really interesting dynamic of how powerful of a monopoly that Tesla truly has on this with supercharging and FSD and battery production um, and their own FSD chip. I think there's a, this is a level of monopoly that we really haven't, if it actually unfolds the way I think it's going to unfold and is, this is a level of monopoly that hasn't un, we've seen in, in in decades, I think. And if you and don't take my word for it, look at the data. I mean, the Model Three outsells the Chevy Bolt by like I don't even know how many to one, even though it costs double. And so, um, you know, Tesla's Google, everybody else's Bing is what it looks like, and what happened to Bing. So, I you know, and I think there's a lot of interesting stuff going on of like the next. You know, right when Apple was blowing up and was about to distribute their thing to the whole world was not a good time to invest in another smartphone company. You know, right as Facebook was taking off, not the, maybe that's a bad one with the social network, but like, I love that quote of Peter Thiel of like, the next Bill Gates isn't building Microsoft. The next Elon Musk isn't building an electric vehicle company. Like, right? Like the electric, so um, that's one thing I've, I keep in mind with all these SPACs and explosions and um the SPAC explosion, which is, is, has been really entertaining. Um, super chat. I can't talk about FUV, uh, for forward looking statements cause I'm on the board, but I appreciate that super chat. Um, watch old videos with Peter Rawlinson, the lucid guy when he worked at Tesla. I like that. That's a good, that's a good, um, due diligence to do. Um, Mach E has been selling well. So is the ID3. That's interesting. I I want to try those and see if they're actually as good as people say they are. And my biggest thing with that is the software. I think Tesla's UI and software, like it's hard to describe why the Apple ecosystem is so sticky, right? Um, I've always owned an Apple phone. There's just, there's a, there's je ne sais quoi about the Apple iOS ecosystem um, that I love. And so I think Tesla has that je ne sais quoi um, that is so, and when I think about Ford, when I think about Volkswagen engineering software to compete with the je ne sais quoi of a Silicon Valley, you know, Elon Musk, basically Steve Jobs-esque figure, it's just, how, how are you going to, that's, it's kind of an intangible, undescribable edge of a feeling of magic when you're in the car, um, that I think is going to be so hard to replicate. And that's why I think it's going to be, um, really difficult. 
Okay, Johnny, what do you think about the Model 2 launch date? Um, Model 2 launch date, I think, uh, if I had to guess, let's just take a guess here. Honestly, why not, yo? Unveiling, I've heard there's a, the Guangzhou Auto Show in November is something to watch because they might unveil it there. Although people always think they're going to unveil it at auto shows. I feel like that never happens. I think, I think they're scheming. I think they're 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 designing this model too. It's in the works. It's moving fast. They're sort of downplaying it. I think it could get unveiled this year. That's what I'm reading. Um, I don't know. It's I I want to say that my guess is just what I'm reading in the article, which is they'll unveil this twenty five thousand dollar car in November, which is literally in like seven months. Like, blow my mind. Um, and then they're going to start producing it in mid-2022, and we're going to start getting a bunch of breadcrumbs about they're buying more factories, they're expanding like crazy in China to set up for the manufacturing um, of this car. And then is it a single press? Is it just one mega press? Is it, I don't even know what Elon's scheming up for the production of this thing. Um, but that'll all be the news that starts coming out. And so, oh, AI day. Wow. Well, Tesla wants to have an AI day, which is really interesting because we already had autonomy day, which is kind of like AI day. And then maybe Tesla could unveil this car, which is the embodiment of how we'll use their AI. Um, you know, it's like, okay, we developed this AI. What are we putting it into? Here's the model two. That could be epic. Um, oh, a French guy is correcting my pronunciation. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, Ooh, that's an interesting one. Do I think governments will convince Tesla, uh, be, it'll be easier to convince government regulators to approve a self-driving AI after Tesla does it? Yes. Um, I mean, this will be really, really interesting to see how it gets regulated and how that monopoly works. Usually they issue like a couple licenses in California for autonomous driving, but um, yeah. Oh man, okay, uh-oh. This guy, Aspen Pro 86, just, just opening a can of worms here. Um, so... Bitcoin and Tesla and energy consumption. There is a massive convergence there. And Elon Musk, speaking of AI day, this isn't off topic, folks. Dojo for Doge. This is, he's scheming. Like, I think there's, um, Tesla has su a million supercomputers driving around with excess computing power connected to the internet, maybe eventually with Starlink. Could they be mining a cryptocurrency, um, you know, I think there's a huge, when you think about, you know, I'm kind of hoping that they let me on the next conference call, even though it's like not really allowed or how the system works. So I can talk to Elon about Bitcoin because I want to talk to him about, okay, so, you know, what is your thought on the energy consumption of cryptocurrencies and what is Tesla's role in transitioning the world of renewable energy to play in sort of making sure that cryptocurrencies are using renewable energy and that our energy system can handle the demands from things like Bitcoin, which are energy intensive. You know, what is your strategy for that? Okay, we're, what are we, 80 terawatt hours a year of energy or something like that for Bitcoin? So is that a number, are we literally going to build 80 terawatt hours of batteries in the next 20 years and accommodate for a tripling in size the Bitcoin network's pollution and run that on an energy network that we build with maybe floating ships in the ocean generating energy or I don't know, you know? Um, I think there's like, there's a, there's a very powerful overlap between the energy consumption of Bitcoin, how that ties into the security of the network, um, the current financial system, Elon scheming with the new financial system, Tesla buying Bitcoin. Um, you know, speaking of cadence of news to drop, I think there's a lot going on there um, that just seems interesting, you know? Um, and I heard this thing about like Bitcoin being the this global spot price on energy. Like we're getting to this point where where it's getting easier and easier with Starlink, another Elon scheme that's just, I mean, is he Satoshi? I don't know, like how many of the things are going around here, but, um, I, you know, Starlink is going to open up potential for billions of Bitcoin uh, accounts. So, you know, when you think about energy, I don't know, it feels like energy consumption, the easiest way to monetize energy is with, you know, sort of mining cryptocurrency or using it to power, you know, that's what we can do with excess energy to monetize it. And so, when you think about your house generating excess energy, wouldn't you want to use that to mine a cryptocurrency or secure the, the blockchain for your neighbors or something? So um, the future is going to get wild. I mean, it blows my mind that Tesla actually bought Bitcoin because either they didn't think this through that much and um, or they really thought it through. And Elon Musk is like, dude, we're going to build 100 terawatt hours of batteries. Like, we'll just secure the Bitcoin network. Or um, I don't know. I'm just really curious about the Bitcoin 
Elon's take on the Bitcoin energy thing, because um, to me, that is the thing that, you know, um, even though I was like pounding the table on Tesla buying Bitcoin, it was the moonshot and I had Michael Saylor on. I was like, honestly, it's going to suck for the Tesla employees who have to explain to their coworkers and fam that they bought Bitcoin, that it uses energy. And even though we're saving energy, we're burning energy with Bitcoin. And that's a that's a push and pull that I see both sides of. And so, um, and yeah, the current financial system uses energy too. So Elon Musk did PayPal. I mean, you know he's scheming on this. Um, but uh, <laughs> please stop taking drink sips on camera. <laughs> okay. Uh, I've been going on way longer than I thought. We've been going on almost an hour here. This is epic. Level five autonomy, probably more like 2025. Yeah, I, I think that's about right. Um, I think that's about right. Um, I don't know. Someone had the comment earlier about Tesla AI Day making a Tesla robot. I wonder if they'll drop that hint at Tesla AI Day where like a Tesla humanoid robot could come because the vision perception system, I know where I'm at, I know where I'm going. That seems like a big, uh, I don't know. I feel like it, it seems like a big part of this sort of humanoid robot vision. Like uh, Amazon was working on a, a walk around version of Alexa that could walk around your house. Um, that apparently never came out, but that was a really, really interesting project. So I don't know. It's a little bit sci-fi and weird to have AIs walking everywhere. It's kind of like, what's the future you believe in? What's the future you want to live in? Do you really want an AI robot walking around your house? Well, if I'm going to have one, it's definitely going to be built by Elon. Um, no, no, you know, no question. So, and I think Tesla has the capability to do it. So I don't know. I can't stop thinking about that, but, um, you know, and when you think about the value of a company, right? The value of equity. Let's get back to the beginning of this discussion. People hating why Tesla stocks down. You know, is it their financials or is it the technology they're developing that will lead to amazing future financials? I think about their AI team, the AI day, the vision-based neural net, the FSD computer, all of those, pro, you know, basically a dozen startups within Tesla working on this cutting-edge AI. They're developing the technology that will be critical for uh, humanoid robotics. And that's, you know, when I think about a weird trillion-dollar industry that doesn't exist that will in the future, that's got to be one of them. And, and I think almost every weird futuristic trillion-dollar industry I can think of involves autonomous robots of some sort. And so when you think about Tesla as much as a car company, an energy company, as an autonomous robot, a company that not only can do autonomous robots, but is the best at building autonomous robots, um, you know, that's uh, who knows how they will monetize that technology in the future um, and in what ways they will. Laundry robot. Someone just joking about that in the comments. I don't know if it's a joke, but it's like, okay, well, like I'm paying a couple bucks a day or whatever to not do my laundry. And that's another TAM that Tesla's disrupting. You know what I mean? How big is Tide's market cap? Tide pods disrupted by Tesla? I mean, you never know. Um, I'm actually, okay, start. Oh, man. Okay. I didn't want to, I don't, okay. So my best friend, Julian, right? He wants to do it. He wants to start making his own bagels. Jay Filchy's Boo Bilchy Bagels. That's what he's going to call it. And I'm like, bro. This is a genius idea because I've been skewing on my cinnamon roll startup too. What? How much innovation is going to be unlocked when the cost of transportation is autonomous and it's one-tenth the cost? All of a sudden, you know, we don't have to rely on these legacy distribution warehouses and networks to move things around cities, burning fossil fuels. We can get stuff around cities instantly. For baked goods, for breakfast, this is a game changer. Tesla's going to disrupt breakfast. Honestly, this is what I'm maybe most hyped about other than the climate stuff because we all, it's the most important meal of the day. And the, the biggest problem with breakfast is you make all these baked goods and then they go bad and you can't distribute them well. Well, Tesla's solving this dis distribution logistics challenge, making it faster, cheaper, and safer. And so all of a sudden, Jay Filchy's Bubichi Bagels, he can whip them up. And if he has that expertise waiting for autonomy to hit, the second autonomy hits, he can just send his Tesla around for what would have been, you know, one-tenth the cost of a logistics network to deliver his bagels instantly, super efficiently. So all of a sudden, everybody's getting fresh bagels. Like, it's, it's, it's like... I don't know if this analogy is making any sense, but there's like this unbelievable long tail of innovation and disruption that occurs when you change the logistics backbone of a society, make it cheaper and safer and autonomous, and your car can drive itself. All of a sudden, our Teslas aren't just cars, they're autonomous robots that are delivery infrastructure that with the right software, I can start competing with Amazon's logistic infrastructure. That's why I say Amazon, you know, is Amazon a bigger threat to Tesla or is Tesla a bigger threat to Amazon? I think it's the second one because um, Amazon's cars are, powered by fossil fuels and humans. And so the 4680 breakfast burrito, 
props to whoever said that in the chat, is the perfect microcosm of, of the disruption, of the unfathomable disruption that Tesla autonomy will have. It's coming for breakfast um, because, I don't know, I, I think, you know, um, and then it's like, do we even need money anymore? If, if, if Jay Filchy sends me a bagel and then I send him a hyperchange hat back and the autonomous Tesla, we're starting to trade with stuff. Like, I don't know. There's, there's so many, um, it's such a powerful tool in, in, uh, the wheelhouse of an entrepreneur to have this autonomous robot thing. So anyway, um, that's it. Perfect place to end the rant. We'll keep it under an hour. Love y'all so much. Thank you for tuning in. Seriously. Love you. Um, have an epic day. Um, see y'all next time for the Tesla scheme. This is a blast. I really appreciate it so much. I had so much fun scheming. Let me know what you think in the comments. Peace. Oh, shout out to our Patreons as well. Honestly, I don't give y'all enough shout outs, but our Patreons make it so I never have to have ads. Um, or like I have the YouTube ads, but I don't do sponsored ads. I, nobody tells me what content to make. I can do freestyle. I'm like a Navy SEAL. I think something's dope. I'm out there. I'm making the videos. We're doing it. We're on the front lines. I'm bringing it to you all for free on the internet, upping my production value, trying to get this way better, building a studio downstairs so we can really take over all because of Patreons. We're independently funded. And I just like love that. Thank y'all.